Imagine, for a second, going back in time to your 20s, traveling to your old haunts, apartments, hangouts, your college campus, alongside the people you experienced that time of your life with. Steph actually did this as research for the memoir she is writing. She went back in time and revisited her life before she was a mother. And she poses the question, can going back in time heal the present? This is the Mother Plus Podcast, the show where we explore who we are outside of mothers. And sometimes to do that, we have to go back in time to remember her. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Mother Plus Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Springer. Today is a solo episode with me. I promised a late July update on the writing of my memoir and the travels that I've been on as part of my writing project. And it's been it's been a crazy experience, you guys. I'm really excited about it. I have a lot to tell you. And my book experience has been um, kind of fragmented. So in the writing world, sometimes we talk about inner story and outer story, right? Um, like the outer story, you know, think about the Wizard of Oz, Dorothy travels to this mysterious land, like the outer story, all the people that she meets and the places she goes. But then the inner story is like she discovers there's no place like home, right? That's kind of the classic example. So as I've been writing this book, I knew that I had a lot of travel that I needed to take. Like I couldn't write about going back to visit all my childhood homes until I'd actually taken the trips. But I've I've been doing a lot of writing on the inner story. So I've I've just had all of these, you know, open files and folders on my computer. I'm kind of dumping words here and there. And then I got to this point, June 30th, for about two weeks, I was almost entirely on the road. And that was that was my outer story, right? These these were the weeks when I was traveling to visit my childhood homes. So to recap my book project, part of it involves me going back and visiting every home I've ever lived in, childhood through adulthood, when there were 17 besides the house I live in. So I hit a lot of these places in this two-week trip. So I'm going to tell you about it. It was a whirlwind. It was a whirlwind of two weeks, two of the best weeks of my entire life without a hint of hyperbole. I found all the places I went looking for and at the risk of being unbearably cheesy and cliched, found things I never expected and didn't know that I needed. So my first stop was going back to Milwaukee, where I lived um, a few summers on and off at the end of college. And then seven months after I graduated, I did an internship and I lived there with my brother. So the first portion of my travels involved flying to Milwaukee with my brother, just the two of us. And we stayed in an Airbnb and we just basically set out to go on this this nostalgia scavenger hunt while spending amazing quality time together. So the morning after we got there, it was time to, to set out and see if we could find the places that I'd lived, see if we could remember our old neighborhood. It was easier than I thought to find the places I was looking for and not just because of the wonder of my iPhone and maps. Without knowing the addresses, I found that after I located my favorite coffee place and started wandering from there, my old apartments appeared as if by magic. Now, please believe me when I say I have the actual worst sense of direction on the planet. 
Once at an airport, my mom and I stumbled into a janitor's closet because we were trying to literally read the exact direction of the arrows, the angles on the signs pointing us to the escalator and just missed the waves of people directly to our left. I do not have intuition when it comes to anything spatial. And usually if I'm trying to find my way somewhere, I identify my gut reaction and then do the opposite. There is no muscle memory when it comes to me finding my way around, whether the locations are ancient history, like apartments in Milwaukee, or familiar and frequently traveled. And yet, as my brother and I walked the streets of Milwaukee, I somehow drifted right to both of my old apartments on the east side, recognizing them without any photos only memories blurry from the haze of 20-plus years and recollections from the perspective of a turbulent late adolescent haze. There they were, just like that. I found the diner we used to call Narnia because when we wandered there late at night, it felt like we had entered a portal to another dimension. I couldn't remember its real name, and yet there it was, the comet, in case you were wondering. I'd, we just started walking. There it was. It just appeared. The Airbnb we rented for the weekend was remarkably and purely accidentally close to the neighborhood we used to live in, so walking was easy. The interior of the house reminded me of one of the old homes I'd lived in when I was barely 22, unsettled, untethered, wild, and not in a good way. And somehow inhabiting a space that weekend, a space whose energy evoked that old building from years past, except now in my adult body, with the mind and energy of a 44-year-old mother, writer, friend, teacher, it gave me this peace I hadn't known that I needed. It was a whisper to the past version of me who felt so ill at ease, so uncertain, so ungrounded. You're going to be fine. Better than fine. And it was a gift to the present-day version of me to remember that after enduring the necessary phase of life where you have no idea what the fuck you're doing, I had eventually landed into the self I had always longed for. It was a homecoming cloaked in soothing layers of understanding and a clearer purpose. I found all my old haunts, the pub where I spectacularly threw up all over my shoes after getting food poisoning, the downtown historic apartment building where I first fell in love with the city, my favorite bright yellow and purple iconic coffee shop, the streets where my co-intern and I panhandled for entertainment cash as she yodeled with her guitar and I held a sign while wearing orange pleather pants and a black wig. True story. I'll find a picture for you guys. We found the super cool apartment we had yearned to rent but couldn't. It was above Atomic Records. How badass an actual record shop, sadly now closed, and it had a roof patio. We would have gotten into so much trouble had we ended up living there, but alas. And I got to do all of this adventuring and excavation with my brother, who had been my companion during an especially intense life stage. And now we were able to experience each other in this old place, but with new psyches, no family members or jobs or pets or real life to distract us from our connection. It was beautiful. I started every day with coffee on the balcony, wrapped in a blanket, sometimes as it was blissfully overcast and chilly, journaling and meditating and doing all my usual woo rituals. We walked for hours every day, had fantastic food and bougie cocktails during the afternoons and evenings, and at night drank rosé, did DIY spa treatments, and listened to our favorite music. I needed a recharge, and this was it. Way back in the early days of this podcast, we talked about something called Remember Her. The gist of it is giving ourselves the time and space to remember ourselves before we were moms, really see ourselves as we were, 
Try to remember what it felt like to embody that variation of ourselves, be inside that old headspace. I got a glimpse of that woman in her very early 20s. I remembered her spark and her frailty, her boldness and defiance, her self-doubt and discomfort, the fear and power that existed in equal measure. And then I went back even farther in time. After being home with my daughters for just two days, we all piled into cars and caravaned back to the Midwest with my parents and college best friend in tow. We all parted company in Kearney, Nebraska, the halfway point. My parents and daughters drove on to Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and my best friend and I drove on to a square of Iowa that contained a handful of disparate years of my childhood and adolescence. First, Waverly, Iowa, where we went to college, then Waterloo, where I was born, Cedar Falls, where I lived until I was five, and then again when I was a middle schooler, Iowa City to visit friends and reminisce about wild weekends there when we visited during college, and the Quad Cities, where my friend grew up. So imagine a string of slumber parties with your best friend from college. It's exactly as amazing as you think it would be. Even though we live less than an hour away from each other, I felt actual grief when we said goodbye at the end of our trip. I had forgotten what it feels like to share your daily life with best friends. We're so far removed from that in our adult lives, and one of my takeaways of the trip was a desperate desire and matched commitment to bring as much of that as possible into my life now. We got to spend almost a full week together, and we also visited friends I haven't seen in over 20 years. The most beautiful aspect of the whole week for me was being reunited with these women and realizing that the love and connection we had two decades ago was real, that it still exists, that it transcended one short phase of life. We dumped our emotional purses out on the table and got real, my favorite thing to do with friends. Quickly bypassing the tidy onboarding process of catching each other up on the daily details of our lives, we dug into the gritty stuff that you don't always get to talk about. And I realized that while it's easy to dismiss our adolescence as an unlikely time to form lasting friendships, because who really knows who they are at age 20? In truth, we sometimes know exactly who we are at our core, and we're lucky enough to find people who also see that spark of us-ness, and we see theirs. My friends remembered things that I had forgotten. I poured albums and loose photos out all over the patio table. We recreated photos from decades ago. We laughed and cried and laughed until we cried. And I felt something heal in me that I hadn't known was broken. Part of me thought that going on this trip might turn out to be unnecessary and irrelevant. Like everything I needed to find was actually inside me all along. You know, like that Judy Garland situation. But in actuality, I realized that there really was something special and important and irreplaceable about going back to those old times and places and remembering people I had forgotten and essentially, without trying to tap into one of our podcast mottos, remembering her, remembering me. When my adventure ended and I was reunited with my children, I couldn't stop crying for hours partly because I missed them so much and was so relieved and grateful to be with them again, snuggling on the couch and kissing their heads and telling each other all our stories, and partly because I was so goddamn grateful I had the opportunity to go back in time, but as me, and see people who had shaped and continue to shape my life in important ways. I cried because I was sad it was over, and I cried because I was forever changed by the experience, and I couldn't contain the joy and relief of that feeling. I cried because 
I knew I would be walking into one of the most difficult trip re-entries I had ever experienced. And I cried because I knew I was stronger and could handle it with more grace for having been in Iowa. Seeing Taylor Swift the next day, celebrating my 45th birthday, and then seeing Tori Amos the day after helped soften the blow a little. I found that I didn't write very much while I was gone. I jotted down disjointed notes and notebooks and on my iPhone, but I felt like for six days I simply absorbed and let myself fully occupy that time and space. When I got home, I didn't want to write about it right away either. There was a reticence and a a nervousness and something that felt almost blasphemous about trying to capture the sacredness of that trip, even though that was literally the only reason I took the trip to write about it, you know, given that it's the entire basis of the memoir I'm writing. But it turns out that the book wasn't the only reason I took the trip, even though maybe I didn't know it at the time. I got more out of it than I ever planned. And yeah, now I need to sit down and fucking write it. Thanks for listening, everybody. I hope you'll keep up with my book writing journey. And I will catch you next time on our next episode of the Mother Plus podcast. Bye. The Mother Plus mini retreat is official. Mark your calendars right now for September 23rd, 2023. Steph and I are giving you full permission to carve out time and space for yourself and your creativity. We are offering you a space, literally and figuratively, a space to step away from your daily obligations and focus on you for a totally doable afternoon away. We provide the container. You bring your creative energy and true self. Come as you are, no apologies, no excuses, no disclaimers. For four and a half dreamy hours, we will be responsible to nobody but ourselves. Connect with like-minded Mother Plusers, meditate and ground together, set intentions, enjoy holistic skincare treatments, and farm-to-table food and drinks at Nurture in Denver, this beautiful, decadent, well-care marketplace. And best of all, save our time alone to focus on whatever creative project is currently setting your heart on fire. Tickets are now on sale at the Mother Plus website. We'll put the link in the show notes. We cannot wait to see you there.